De facto podcast is privileged to have been founded on Wadjuk Noongar land. We pay our respects to the traditional owners of this land and express our sincere gratitude for their ongoing guidance as we work in their community. One of our bonus apps. Pew, 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 pew. Bonus app. Bonus app. We are, we are de facto where we discuss our nine to five kind of relationships. Another podcast no one asked for. Literally not one person asked for. In our bonus app today, we are going to be answering some of your unsolicited no, questions. We're going to answer your questions with our unsolicited advice. Um, and there is no intro because we've just, we're double recording us, so we have nothing else to talk about. Exactly. It's been done before, whatever. Let's get into the questions, Nicolette. Go. Bunch of these questions we got from people slash online. So you know what? It's mix. It's, it's mix. mix. It's, it's going to be mix. great. Um, okay. Let's start with, should we start with this first one? Yep. All right. Question. After years of endo slash period pain, missing endless days of school and work, taking tons of painkillers, taking the pill... Um, constant flare-ups and literally growing the child, I'll feel like I have the right to give my future children my last name. I won't be changing my name as I don't think, and I don't think my partner and I will ever choose to marry, just personal preference. And even if we do, I won't be changing my last name. My partner wants to give our future kids his name because he wants to share his last name with his kids. I've told him that he is more than welcome to change his last name to mine if he wants that. Considering it's literally just the patriarchal sexist traditions, ownership, that makes us think that as women we are being difficult for wanting our kids to have our last name and makes men feel that they have the automatic right to give the kids their last name. I'm sure we'll end up going with a split or middle name scenario, but I would still like my children to have my name as their main last name. Sis, I feel ya. I literally had an argument with my one of my ex-partners about this as well um, because I was like, Bitch, if I'm growing the baby, if I'm pushing it out my vagina, <laughs> if my body is going to be permanently fucked from this, this child is taking my last name. I completely agree. Like when I get married, I don't think I'll change my last name. Who can be bothered? I've I've had it with that sort of patriarchal system where we mm-hmm. have to do that. So I agree with her. And yeah, I would want I would want my kids to have the same name as me because literally it's coming out of my yeah. vagina. If you push it out your the tip of your penis, it can have your name. But until then. No. So I agree with this chick. I kind of agree with her as well. Like I feel like people go through so much sacrifice, like body, mentally, work, whatever it might be to grow and have a child. And while it is beautiful and obviously lots of the time it's their choice too. So like, you know, we're not taking that away. And obviously we know men can't grow the child. So it's not like they have a choice. Yeah, but they can do everything else. So whatever. (laughs) But I do think that is a really fair enough decision that you want your child to have your name. Like, I feel like if you're not going to change your name, you've grown it, you've gone through all this stuff, especially endo and everything. Like, that's a pretty hectic, you know, experience Mm. having that as a self. Um, I think it's fair enough. I think you really need to talk to your partner about this. And I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, if you've grown it and you really want the kids to have your name and your your partner's so adamant of them having his last name, he should change his name to your last name. Yeah, 100%. Why is that such a weird thing? Yeah, we had a big argument about it um, because the particular ex was like, well, no, I just can't imagine having kids not having my name. That's something that I've always wanted for them to have my last name. Well, then grow it yourself. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but also that's something I've wanted. And now you're asking me to give up something that's part of who I am. Um. And so we did have a bit of an argument about it, but eventually we both came around to it and I was like... We're just not having kids. <laughs> we're just actually... Uh, over, break up. No, yeah, I'm I Don't think, break up. 
I think because my mum never changed her last name yeah. and I never really thought much about it. Like I've always just grown up like not thinking it was normal. Actually heaps of women in my family didn't change their last name. Yeah. Um, at the same time, most of them all, all their children took their partner's last names. Mm. In my situation, I don't think I'll change my last name. However, I know that his last name is Cooler. So I'm, I feel like if we had kids, I'd probably give them yeah. Zach's last name, just because it's a cooler last name. Yeah. Like um, I can I can see that yep. and I'm happy. However, if my name was really sick, I reckon I'd be like putting up a fight about it. Yeah. So I can see it both ways. But, yeah, I think guys need to get over that. And so many guys are like, well, you know, it's a family name. Sorry, is my name not a family name? Exactly. Like do I not get to keep my name? I exactly. don't understand why. But it's. I feel like other chicks don't really care. Like if you change your name, I'm like sick. If you don't, awesome. It's yeah. the guys that are weird about it. Yeah. I can see it from, say, if, like for me, I've got three older brothers and then there's me. So the family name, our last name will continue. But if I was marrying someone and there was the only other people with girls and they've all taken away that last name, then I might be like, okay, well, I'll take on your last name if this is going to be really important for you, if that's what you yeah. want. Because but then what if you have girls and they all get married anyway? And change their name. Yeah. So I just feel like your names are going to die anyway. Let's all pick a new name for ourselves and we'll do that instead. Yeah, because it makes me wonder what, um, you know, like same-sex couples do. Like how do they – I wonder how they decide um, we'll like who – We'll probably just go with probably maybe either not changing their name or just pick the coolest name or the, the person that wants to mm. keep their name as the most important, which same se- – uh, no – which a hetero couple should be doing too. We don't yeah. have to go with the man's name anymore. It's Especially cool. like, you know, you hear people with like the last name crap and you're like, who <laughs> decided yeah. to pass on that name? Yeah. Like that is a shit last name. Yeah. Pick a new one. Yeah. Do something else. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong, chick. I reckon go with it. Yeah. Give your child their last name. If he has such an issue with it, he can change his. Yeah. Next question. My boyfriend still has his ex-girlfriend's nude photos in a locked album on his phone. We've been together for over seven months and I just recently found them whilst I was on his phone. Do I have the right to ask him to delete the photos or will he get annoyed that I was looking through his phone? Mm. He will probably get annoyed you were looking through his phone. However, I feel like it's not appropriate for this person to still have any, like someone's nudes that they've already split up with. Like I feel like if my ex has kept my their nudes, I'd be my nudes. I'd be a bit annoyed. Obviously, they're fire, so they probably want to exactly. Um, and now that this person is in a new relationship, I don't know. It feels a bit weird for me. I think it's a little bit weird. However, at the same time, does he does he know that they're still on there? Like, I oh, feel he like, knows, hun. Do you reckon? Do, I found a logged tr- album on my phone the other day, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Like, oh. I actually didn't know it was on there and they had, like, one photo in it that wasn't even, like, a private picture. Yeah, but, but if he's actively put them in there. If he's, he, he knows he's got nudes yeah. in the locked album. A hundred percent. You know, how long, how you know where together? your nudes are at all times. Seven months. Yeah, look, I would probably be like, oh, hey, this happened to my friend. Do you think it's weird? <laughs> and then yeah, they gauge their idea. Depends. Is he really protective over his phone? Like, is he hiding other stuff on there? Yeah. Or what? Like, maybe. And why were you looking on his phone to begin with? Is it because there's already trust issues? Yeah. Or is it, do you guys just have an open phone policy and not care and you found them? And that I feel like if he knew, if he knows you're on his phone, maybe he could be like, oh, hey, like, just wondering, why do you still have these? Or, or, new plan, new plan. <laughs> What we'll do is we'll ask him about ask him about like oh did you sext a lot with your ex girlfriend yeah. would you still keep nudes from your ex like how do you feel about that like bring it up as a to- topic of conversation True. and then vibe it and if he if he says like no nah, delete them and you could tell he's lying 
then you need to reevaluate and you plan. But if you can kind of tell that he's being genuine and maybe like Nicolette says, he doesn't know he's got them on his phone, then you just go in and you delete them. Or just delete the album. Just yeah. take over. Just get <laughs> rid of them. Delete the album. You can just and do then, that. And then if you delete all the photos, he can't come to you and be annoyed. Because then he has to admit that he's still one of his ex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stay toxic, stay toxic. That's the best plan yeah. ever. Just go in and do it. Yeah, look, I'd be I'd be a bit weird about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, next one. I rent a house with two other girls and I know I'm the only one who does the majority of the housework, even though we all work full time. I constantly find I am always doing the deep cleans around the house, bathroom scrubbing, kitchen cleaning, vacuuming, etc. We have tried a cleaning roster, but I still feel like they aren't cleaning enough and it's a lousy job, e.g. not actually scrubbing the shower when cleaning it. It's as if the mess doesn't bother them, so it becomes my problem. How can I make them pull their weight? Babe, you're speaking my language. You are speaking <laughs> my language. Um if you've tried a cleaning roster and it doesn't work, move I, out. <laughs> I honestly would have to move out because I've I've lived with people before that weren't the same level of cleanliness as me, and it did my head in. Like, I I was angry all the time because mm. I was living in what to me felt like filth, and it wasn't filthy for the average person. It would be normal, but for me, I was like, I cannot live in this. Mm. Um, I would suggest calling a little house meeting and going through like this actually <laughs> is involved in it yeah um also some people first of all what i think needs to go, go back to the beginning teach your kids how to clean properly yeah whoever that is learn how to clean properly because lots of people don't know yeah then second of all you have to move out <laughs> that's all that's gonna happen yeah look you can't really be like okay now everyone come watch me i'm gonna get the scrubber and clean my shower and scrub it off blah 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 blah, blah. and then people be like stand there like you're their mum showing them how to clean a shower. Maybe. I don't know. You might also have to learn how to live in this mess because it will eat you alive. The fact that you have to keep doing all the deep cleaning mm. over and over again for yourself, you're just going to be frantic all the time. You're going to get angry every time you have to clean because no one else is doing it. So you might just have to learn to accept the mm. mess. If you're not willing to move out and if you've tried explaining to them that this is involved in a deep clean, um, you might have to either – you're going to have to learn to accept accept it. And that could be a good, cool skill to learn. However, oh, it just throw me right off. I think um, maybe be like, okay, guys, Thursday night's house clean night. Mm. And that way you're all doing it together. And if then and then if they say the, do the bathroom and it doesn't look clean, you can be like, oh, has anyone done the bathroom yet? Yeah. And then if like, yeah, I have, you can be like, oh, um, it looks shit. Um, mind you, having said that, my shower does always get really mouldy and there's nothing that keeps stopping it from getting mouldy. Just keep spraying that baby. I, I literally spray it, I reckon, twice a week. Really? And I don't know where it comes from, how it keeps getting there. It's a grower. It's it's a grower. And I don't know how. Mm. Anyway, it's always, I think because the water doesn't drain. It's quite a moist environment. It doesn't drain very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like the weird shaped shower and then it gets caught in the corners and it really irks me. Mm. But it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, move out, move out. That's move out. Oh, I think can, can you look into move going somewhere on your own? So much better. I don't know. But you also might really like li living yeah. with them. But, but housemates, like, there's, there comes to a limit that you can do with housemates and then you have to live by your own. Yeah. Like, you can't control what they do and that's just the reality of a share house. Get a little love shack like me. I love my love shack. Yeah. 
Little granny flat. Yeah. Okay. My boyfriend really wants to explore sexually and try more kinky things in the bedroom to spice up our relationship. I, however, am quite uncomfortable with this and have to keep turning down the idea of doing the acts he suggests. I feel like I'm upsetting him even though he says it's fine and I feel he will eventually get bored with me if we don't try to spice it up. Mm. Um, okay. Could you find a midpoint? Can you find a midpoint? I feel like... Um, I can see of wanting to spice things up, definitely an important thing. You've got to keep it interesting, keep it fun. Um, I feel like it's the way that he approaches it in trying to make you feel comfortable while spicing it up. That's important. Mm. You know, you should be able to, like, if he really wants to, he can. you can do anything in a way that makes the other person feel comfortable, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, you said, I feel like I'm upsetting him even though he says it's fine. So he's saying it's fine. So he's obviously, maybe he actually is genuinely like, he's just suggesting it. If you're not comfortable, he's like, okay. So I feel like it's more in you saying, I feel he'll eventually get bored with me. So that sounds like quite an insecure insecure attachment attachment style style in that moment. (laughs) But what I would suggest, my only suggestion is, I feel like you should have a really big think on why you feel uncomfortable about this. Is it maybe some unconscious biases you've got Mm -hmm. going on? Is there some deep internal stigma you feel or maybe some shame around trying new things in the bedroom? Yeah, it's a shame thing for sure. Really think about why you feel uncomfortable and then also get your partner to really think about why he wants to try these things. What what is the reason behind it? What will he get out of it? And I think if you both really reflect on those things, you might be able to come to a happy medium. And, like, how long have you been together? Maybe he just wants to try something different, you know? Yeah, and there's no shame in that. No. I don't think we should yuck anyone else's yuck. No, exactly. But I'm also an advocate for everyone being comfortable. comfortable. But I think you definitely just need to think a little bit more about what's deep down below the surface area of just being uncomfortable and him just wanting to try new things. Like, uh, be like your little meta, have a little meta person that's mm. looking over your thoughts and navigating through them a bit more. I reckon even try something, go to the adult store together. Fine. Check out what's there. The people there are so lovely. Like just go check it out. You could start with something really, really low key and just to spice it up a little bit, something mm. you're comfortable with. Go from there. Try lingerie if you haven't done that before. Try role play. I don't know. Try a few different Ooh, things. Role play, me acting. <laughs> I can't. A script? Sorry. <laughs> I'm so... Hello. If like <laughs> if I had to be like a a sexy nurse, um, okay, I'll just check your uh, pulse. Um, uh, my favorite role play is um, I'm the patient and Zach's the masseuse, <laughs> and you just have to lay down. And I just lay down and he gives you a massage. It's a great role it's play. A great role play. That's yeah, a great, it's a really great good role one. Play. I love yeah. that one. So try that. Try that. Next one. Um, is it my turn to read? Yeah, go on. Okay. Uh, my partner thinks he is the settler and I am the preacher in the relationship. He has only said this as a joke, but it's come up more than twice. Is it normal for couples to talk about this? So he thinks he's settling and she's reaching No, above. it's not normal to talk about this. I'm unless sorry? it's the other way around, unless he's saying... Fuck, I'm the biggest reacher. You're so hot. You're the settler. You're amazing. But to call himself the settler, brutal. That's screaming massive ego. Yeah. And we don't want anyone's ego getting in the way of a relationship. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Next. I think that I'm is, out. I'm out fucking I think three that's weeks so ago. Funny. And I want to know like how he how he goes about it. Like, she'd be like, oh ha, ha, yeah, we all know that that you're the reacher. Like where, where is his Honey, brain going? I'm just saying, no offence, if this – oh, yeah, this is hetero. Um, no man is a settler. Every man's a reacher. I'm just calling it because <laughs> we're all babes. 
Actually, I saw a TikTok and this chick was saying like um, how girls will always give like the nice guy a chance, like even if they're like not, they don't find them 100% attractive, but guys will never give the nice girl a chance. This is what, this is the mentality I live by. Go for the hottest guy, right? Date mm-hmm. the hottest guy, the ho- like hottest to you or yeah. person. Hottest guy, hottest girl, whoever it is, date the hottest one because even the less hot one. Fuck you over. One. They'll fuck you over anyway. So you might as well get fucked over by a hot person yeah. and a less hot person. And then sometimes you're like, you're actually not hot enough to treat me this shit. Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes I've seen some of the people my friends date and they come to me crying or whatever. And I'm like. <laughs> Sorry, you're describing me. Um, no, nah, not you. Yeah. Maybe maybe a few exes ago. <laughs> and I'm like. You know who you are. That guy ain't shit. And yeah. you're sitting here crying. Not only is he ugly, he's got a shit personality. What are you crying about? Like, get rid of him. You know what yeah. I mean? Fair. So Fair. don't give, unless, you know, unless you really want to, don't give the nice person a chance just because they're nice. Yeah. Because it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Okay, so this next one is quite long, three paragraphs long, so bear with me on this one. I have a big family that's incredibly close. Typically at family dinners, how this works is that the women go cook for the time that they're there and the men don't. Typical. <laughs> Oh, yeah, typical, um, which I'm fully aware is sexist as hell. That being said, I am the youngest people person in the, my family and my protests mean literally nothing. Not true. Some of those women choose not to cook. However, this is usually met with a level of ostracizing. The women who don't cook are, are wives and long-term girlfriends, so they kind of already have a good family relationship doctored in. When I have seen new partners not cook, it's gone bad, like completely ostracised, not speaking, cattiness, rudeness, etc. This dinner will be in two weeks and my girlfriend was asked if she would attend. Initially, she said yes, which is great. I want for her to meet everyone and for everyone to get used to her being around. And when I explained to her the tradition, she was understandably bothered. I told her that I understood where she was coming from. However, it was best for everyone if she just played along. I told her this isn't a permanent thing and that I'm only asking her to do this so that she can avoid bad treatment from the rest of the family. This is her first impression and I don't think it's best if we cause waves. She told me that it's unacceptable and that if she has to do that, she will not be going. I've tried to find a compromise with her on this, but she won't budge and she's pissed at me. She told me... Uh, if I think it's acceptable to make her do this, I'm just as bad as everyone else. While well, my point is that she needs to make a good first impression. So basically this person, which I'm assuming it's a, it was a dude, is a male, has a family tradition where all the women cook at these family dinners and if you don't, you get really ostracised. So typical sexist family roles. Yep. Or maybe it's more of a traditional thing. I'm just going to throw that in there. It could also be quite traditional I as well. I think it's traditional too, but that does stem down to sexism as well, doesn't it? Yeah, but... But anyway, I'm not yeah, going to make that call. Um, and she doesn't want to go to the dinner because she's like, no, that's really sexist. I shouldn't I shouldn't cook if you're not cooking. I have a few thoughts about this one because I read this the other day. I think she is completely in her right to feel that way. I mm-hmm. think the fact that you've, in, you've invited her to dinner to meet your whole family and you expect her to get up there fucking peeling the potatoes. Mm. Like I feel like you invite someone over for dinner when you're hosting them for dinner. And as the person that's invited, you offer to help. You offer to help, 100%. You offer your help. And, but and then the, the host says, no, no, I'll get you like a drink. Like if I said, everyone come around for dinner and then they get there and I was like, right, you're on potatoes, you're on chicken, you're on this, and it's the first time meeting people. It's rude. Mm. Like you've invited yep. them over, you put on dinner for them. At, yeah, as the guest, you're like, let me help with the dishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you help with that. 
So, no, I don't think she is wrong for being pissed at you. I'd probably be pissed at you too. If you like, come to my family dinner, by the way, you actually are expected to cook because you're my new girlfriend. Mm. No. I feel like I sit in both. I fully sit in the fucked patriarchy, don't tell me what to do. However, if it's really, really important for you and it's just going to make things more simpler this first time, yeah, I probably will go and cook to make a good first impression. But I'm definitely going to wheeze in my way. Out of well, it. not out of it because I don't, I don't mind cooking. No, but no. I'm going to weasel, try and do my best to get the family away yeah. from these really traditional it's gender the roles. It's expectation. I think that's what mm. is the worst part. And the fact that they said, I'm the youngest people in the family in protest mean nothing. Actually, that's not true. Yeah. I think that could really... And, okay, as this person who's written the question, you're like, oh, I want my girlfriend to cook because otherwise everyone will judge her. Why don't you as the youngest male in the family get up with her and help cook? Yeah. Like you as the man can show that times are changing. You can do it together. And you're going to help cook and chat in the kitchen with your mums and whatever it might be. Yeah. Instead of just sitting at the back with all the men. Yeah. Like make a change. Do something different. The change starts now. I just think it's a level of respect on all parties. I think you shouldn't expect your girlfriend to come over the first time any people and cook. She should, She would obviously expect to offer or whatever like most people do, but I, I'm kind of with her on being pissed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, is this normal? My friends just got married a few months ago and at the wedding we were all chatting with the bride and she said in a lighthearted way that she owed her husband 5K for the wedding. I would also like to say that this wasn't a big fancy wedding. Lovely, but relatively low key. I was a bit taken back by this and surprised that you would owe each other after being married. Is this a normal part of couples or does this seem a bit controlling from her husband's side? I feel like if you're planning a wedding together, the money for the wedding, like and how you budget is a joint thing. You go, as a couple, we're going to put 20 grand. I don't know. 30 grand for a wedding, whatever you choose. Yep. 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever. That's what you put together. And no one owes anything because you're both working on the budget together and making the decisions together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel like it would work for me to owe your husband money for the wedding you both had, like the party you both had, does seem quite controlling. Seems very stingy. It seems a bit odd. Like, why would you. Start off your marriage owing someone money. Mm. Like I just feel like you're getting married and, you know, historically marriage means combining your finances, Yeah, whatever it might be. Um, I know lots of people don't combine their finances now, but as someone planning a wedding right now, I would be very taken back. (laughs) If Zach said. If Zach said, okay, um, by the way, I'll start a payment plan for you and you actually owe me this as the wedding goes on. I feel like you just plan within your budget. You know what you can and can't afford. And realistically, if someone's on a lot more money than you, they're probably going to put more towards the wedding. I think the motto I live by is one team, one dream, babe. One and this team, ain't one giving dream. this ain't giving one team, one dream yeah. at all. And it also makes me wonder because I don't know these people, obviously, and I don't know their plans, but are you planning on having children in the future? Yeah. Like, do you expect this money to be paid back while she's staying at home having kids. Putting her career on hold. Putting her career on hold as well because I, I don't know if people know that when you get married, if you choose to have a child, that's a that's a couple's decision and whoever decides to stay home with the child, that's a full-time job mm. if you choose to do that. Mm. So whoever goes back to work is financially supporting whoever is raising the child. Absolutely. Because if you were to put that child in daycare or you're a single parent and you were paying someone to do that all day, it would be 
fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. 200 yeah. bucks a day plus. Yeah. So, yeah, um, no, that is not normal. I think it's a bit weird. Um, and maybe talk to your friend about it. Mm, yeah. Okay, last one. Help. I've been dating a really awesome guy for about one year now. I honestly can't fault them, but something is telling me that the relationship isn't 100% right. I also recently can't stop fantasizing about this guy I had a serious crush on for about two years and what our relationship would have been like together. I don't know whether to end this relationship and risk it for what could have been or stay in my lovely relationship I'm in now. Number one, you're giving me avoidant attachment in the fact that you're like, it's not 100% right. I want you. To, I really want you to think about why it's not 100% right. Is it your own fear of commitment that is making you have this gut feeling? And I'm going to put in quotations, gut feeling. Gut feeling. Um, or is it more than that? So really think that out. Number two, you are fantasizing about this guy, which, you know, isn't isn't healthy, but I'm going to just like overlook it. But why well, did you have a crush on him for two years and nothing ever happened exactly. in that relationship? So what would what would be different now that you guys would get together? And I want to know, did you not, if you had a crush on him for two years, was he in a relationship? Was, were you not interested back then? I don't know. Did he not like you back? And also, I just want to say you had a crush on him or who you thought he was and who you thought yes, he would be in 100%. a relationship. And because you've never dated him, yeah. you don't know what he's like in a relationship. That's what I was going to well. say. It's like grass is greener. It's giving grass is it's greener. It's giving grass is greener and it, it never, ever, ever, ever is. However, if you're not fully into your partner and 100% committed, don't put your partner through that. Yeah. But I just want you to think a little bit more about what this Why? what this like feeling is that you're having about it not being 100% right. Is it maybe 100% right but your fear of commitment and is is showing through and you can't navigate the two? Or, or are you like fantasizing about what like could have been? Yeah. Um, it's giving me avoidant attachment, yeah. doll. It's giving me avoidant attachment. I also reckon saying. that, um, yeah, if you've been dating for a year, but I also think 100% right. I don't think every any relationship is 100% perfect all the time. No, and like, every relationship people have their moments where 100%. they're like, is this right for me? Is this not right for me? Yeah. But it's what you put in both physically showing up for someone and emotionally growing a connection for yourself for the better of the relationship yeah. that counts. And you can make your relationship either – you know, a 20% thing or a 99% thing. I'm not going to say 100% because lots of the time it's not. There's Everyone's always going to have faults and there's always going to be something that you don't like about someone. Mm-hmm. But it's the, everything else that outweighs that. I'd say if you're in a loving relationship and you love this person, you're just fantasizing about what it could have been. Mm. And you don't even know the person. You didn't even date them. It's not like it's an ex-partner. Yeah. So, no, I don't think, I don't think break up and risk it, especially if you don't even know if the other guy likes you. Mm. Like, do you know they like you? Maybe you could suss that out first. Yeah. But then the flip side is, does your current partner deserve someone that's like 100% into it, right? Yeah. And fully into it. But then maybe you break up and then you realise, oh, hey, actually that was just my avoidant attachment style playing up and I was fantasising and the grass isn't greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. You can't get back with them. Exactly. You can't put someone, a really lovely person through that. Mm. So... Too true. I think you're really going to have to think about that. My suggestion, actually, just go see a psychologist and they'll help you through it. <laughs> Someone that knows a lot more than two <gasps> than podcasters. Us. Yes, yeah. 100%. Um, all right, well, that was our quick and little fun episode for you today. So we hope you enjoyed it and you got some answers to your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we are called De Facto. That's it. See you next time. Over, Over and out. out.